Well, I know that there's a lot going on right now, and I know that a lot of us are just feeling like our normal comforts that we enjoy have been kind of ripped from us, you know? Like the strength that sometimes maybe you're used to, or some of the stability or the protection, or maybe the escape or the rest that you're feeling, it just isn't there anymore, you know? And it's kind of scary, and it leads to a fear, and the truth is, I think a lot of that fear has to do with the fact that we just can't control anything right now, or at least not much. One of the things we still can control is what we eat, which is leading to a lot of bad choices, isn't it? Let me introduce you to one of the great loves of my life right now. It's the Chewy Chips Ahoy right here, man. These things are unbelievable and phenomenal, and I got to tell you, man, I've been struggling with this a little bit. Some of you guys who are used to being in church and seeing me in person are thinking, man, the, the camera really does everything add 10 pounds. No, these add 10 pounds. This is what does it right here. But it's so easy to grab a sleeve of these things right now because we can control that. It's one of the only things we can control. We can't go anywhere. We can't control who we see, when we go somewhere, who we hang out with. We can't control if we're working or not or how much more time we'll have before we get back to it. There's just so much we can't control about loved ones who are sick. And man, but what that leads to is what? Is fear so often, right? And you can feel the fear around you right now. I went to Walgreens this week. Our family needed a few medical and grocery supplies, and so I went and just kind of picked those up. But it was so weird, man. It's like you walk up, and there's people lined up outside. They're only letting 10 people in at a time. There's tape on the floor every six feet to keep people apart. Everybody's wearing masks, and you can feel the fear on people right now. And so this is an important time to talk about fear. And last week we saw something, right? I pray this encouraged you, and I want to just kind of piggyback on what we talked about last week. But this was the thought that there is something, and it's really someone greater than our fear, right? We talked about how so often we get this greater than sign turned around in the wrong direction, and we think that fear is greater than everything else in our life. But last week, we turned this thing around and said, no, 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 God is greater than all of our fear, right? And we realized that the way to beat fear is to fear something or revere something greater than our fear. And so last week, I encouraged you just with a couple of thoughts, I encouraged you to revere the God who is greater than your fear. And we talked about how there's the 95% and the 5%. The 95% of our fear is imagined and silly. It's not real, Right? But then there is the 5%. There's the real stuff, too. The, the stuff that we were afraid of that actually did happen, right? And so I encourage you last week to revere the God that's greater than the 95%, but also he's greater than the 5 He's greater than the what and the all that's that you fear in our lives, right? And so I want to encourage you guys to be with me here today as I make my way through my message. Again, we're going we're gonna to be interactive here. I need you guys talking back to me, all right? And so here's what I want you to say first to start things out. I don't care where you are, what you're doing. I want to encourage you to say this with me today. God's greater than the 95%. Go ahead and say that. God's greater than the 95%. Now would you say this with me? God's greater than the 5%. God's greater than the 5%, even the real stuff that has happened in our lives. And what we saw last week was Joshua and Caleb were convinced of this. They were convinced that God was greater than fear itself and all that they feared. Now here's the deal though. Maybe this past week you were thinking, I'm so happy for Joshua and Caleb. How wonderful for them that they were convinced that God is greater than all this. But I'm not sure I'm convinced. Some of you guys lost your jobs this week. Some of you guys lost people this week. Some of you guys ended up with loved ones contracting this virus. Some of you guys are sitting on the couch just going, man, I just want life to get back to normal. And you're like, I'm not actually sure that God is greater than the 95 or the 5. And here's my job today. My job is to convince you that God really is greater than all of that. 
And as I was praying this week, like, God, what do I do? How do I convince people? You know, maybe there's this cool, like, strategy I could come up with, and then I'll have this whole thing, and I'll kind of just show everybody this amazing thing, and they'll just be in awe, and they'll realize, God, how great you are. And so I'm trying to come up with creative plans and this and that, and I just feel God just whispering back to me, Doug, just, just show them who I am. Just show them who I am. You don't need a great strategy. Just show them who I am. I'm the strategy. Like, let me speak for myself. And so today, the strategy here is to allow God to speak for himself, and let's just highlight the truth about who he really is. Because you and I are wrestling with some very real fear right now, right? We have fear that we will not have the strength to get through this, that we will not have the strength to recover. Some of us are fearing the fact that we just don't have any stability right now. You know, it feels like the ground could fall from under our feet at any time. I actually have a really good friend, and this dude loves Jesus so much. I actually want to be this guy when I grow up. Like, he loves God so much. I look up to him so much. But one day he shared with me that as he was walking down the street, he literally felt like the ground was going to fall out from underneath him. Like, this just unreasonable, 95, silly imagined fear kind of really entered his heart and mind. And he struggled with this, this thought that was so unreasonable. And maybe you're struggling with some unreasonable thoughts right now, but maybe you're thinking, no, I still have this fear about this stability issue in my life because though I know the literal ground isn't going to crumble under my feet, it feels like all the rest of the ground around me is. Like all the figurative ground that I'm used to being there and stable, it just feels so weird. Our youth pastor Joey this past week, he said, you know, it feels like every single day since this all kind of broke loose has just been one big day. There's no stability, there's no routine, everything just feels out of control. Guys, that's the 5% we're dealing with right now. And so maybe you're fearing just this lack of strength or this lack of stability, or maybe you're fearing a lack of protection, you know? Everybody's wearing masks, and, and is that even going to protect me, and can I go out, can I not go out? What did I just touch last? And everybody's got Lysol wipes everywhere, we're using more hand sanitizers than everybody has any business using. Like, we're afraid right now, because we feel like we don't have the protection that we need. Or maybe you feel like there's no way to escape. You're, 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 I just have no out right now. I have, I have no way to, to kind of find any relief or escape from what's going on in our lives. I think more than ever in all of our lives, we feel more trapped than ever, right? And we feel more afraid that I can't go anywhere or do anything. I got to tell you guys, the next time I go to Chick-fil-A and I go in there and I sit down and I order some food, it's going to feel like I'm on vacation in stinking Bermuda. Like, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing, Right? Isn't it incredible how it just feels like there's no escape right now? But it's so much more than that. See, here's the deal. Some of you and some of us here in the room today, we were trapped in some stuff with no way of escape long before we were told we couldn't leave our homes. We were trapped in bad relationships. We were trapped in some jealousy. We were trapped in fear. We were trapped in addiction. We were trapped in all kinds of stuff before we even felt like we literally physically had no escape. And it's scary. Some of us feel like we have no rest that's one of the things I've been wrestling with, man. I just feel like I have no rest lately. I feel like I'm kind of being pulled in a million directions. I told our staff this week that I feel like I'm always busy but never really getting anything done. It feels like hours of a day can just disappear. And I just feel tired. I'm not sleeping well. I know I've talked to lots of people just not sleeping well right now. And it just becomes kind of scary because there's so much we can't control. And so what do we do about this fear? How do we discover if God really is greater than our If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm so thankful that you're tuning in. This is amazing. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. And my job today to you is to also help you see that God is greater than your fear, that he actually really is. And I also want you to see something unbelievable that Jesus has done for you. So we're going to look at a psalm today, Psalm 18. 
And David sung this song when the Lord had delivered him from Saul and the battles that he was going through. Now here's the deal. David really brought this psalm out after the battle. You and I are right in the middle of this battle, aren't we? But a wise person looks at someone who walked through a battle and got to the other side and looked at the character of God and discovered what did that person know about God or learn about God in the midst of their battle. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to see David's celebration after the battle. And right in the middle of our battle, we're going to look ahead and say, that's the God that is still with us in the midst of what we're going through. And so Psalm 18, verse 1 says this, I love you, Lord, my strength. Now the word Lord is the Hebrew word Yahweh. And it really was the proper word for God. And so when David is saying Lord throughout this psalm, he's saying God. He's talking to God. He's talking to the God that you and I just sang to today. And so when you hear Lord or God, it's interchangeable here. But what a beautiful way to start. David just saying, God, I love you. I love you, Lord. Can I ask you a question? And this kind of hit my own heart as I was working through the message. When's the last time you just said, I love you, Lord? I love you, God. Like, this is really hard what we're going through right now. This is scary. But God, I just want to let you know, I love you, God. Maybe that's like the starting point for some of us today. It's just to, to back up. A month ago, maybe we were saying, God, I'm about to get married. I'm so excited. I love you, Lord. Things are good. God, the job's going well. I love you, God. I'm having the time of my life at school. Thank you for this. I love you, Lord. But, but in the last month, it's, it's been like, God, where are you, right? What's going on here? Maybe we just start with, I love you, Lord. But then I love that David calls God his strength because that's one of our fears right now. We fear that we have no strength. We're not going to make it through this. We don't have the strength to get through it or to recover from it on the other side. A silly habit of mine, anytime I lift something more than five pounds, whether someone is around or not, as I'm lifting it, I go, man, I'm jacked. Man, I'm so jacked. I'm so strong. And some of our staff have caught me doing this silly thing that I do. A few weeks ago when we moved all the gear from the school here to the church property, I was picking up a crate that probably couldn't have weighed more than 25 pounds. I picked it up out of the outside, you know, out of the back of one of the cars. And I just said, man, I'm jacked. And I realized that Joe Levante had sneaked up on me and he heard me say this and he started laughing, kind of laughing like it wasn't true that I was jacked. Now, why do I say this? I say it because... I know I'm not jacked, right? I know I'm not strong. And there can come this fear with that, right? And our, one of our greatest fears right now is I'm not strong enough. I don't know if I'm strong enough to get through this. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys are saying, I don't know if my marriage is strong enough to get through this. I don't know if my family is strong. I don't know if my kids are strong enough. I don't know if my parents, my elderly parents, are strong enough to get through this. Or I don't know if my business is strong enough to get through this. I don't know if the church is strong enough to get through this. Are we going to recover from this? The Lord is your strength. Everybody say it with me. The Lord is my strength. He is greater than your fear. You're not going to get through this. He's greater than your fear that you and I aren't strong enough to recover from this. So as you are imagining another week working from home, another week trying to find a job, another week trying to homeschool your kids, kids, you're imagining another week sitting in school at home, just remember this, guys. The Lord is your strength. Those moments you don't have it, Speak it out. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. Then he goes on, verse 2. The Lord is my rock. See, this is one of our fears that we have no stability, that the ground's going to crumble beneath us. But the Lord is my rock. When you study in the scriptures the word rock, you find that it is this incredible symbol of God. 
In fact, it's used 142 times in the Bible, and more often than not, it's used in reference to God being the rock. It's used 24 times in the Psalms referring to God as a rock. It's used four times in this Psalm alone as David is saying, God, you are my rock. So listen to me. When people in the Old Testament saw a rock, they thought of God. They thought immovable, unshakable, powerful, unpenetrable, right? We have many huge rocks on the property here. The guy we bought this property from, he purchased all these huge landscaping rocks. He put them all around the property. But there's this one rock that takes the cake, man. It is absolutely huge. We have a picture here I want to show you. And this was from our filming of our kids' video this past week. And you see Joey standing next to it, and then my son Landon's on top of it. You can see how big that rock is, right? When I was a youth pastor at another church, I wanted to talk about God being our rock. And there was this rock probably about one-tenth the size of this one on the property there. And I was convinced that me and my buddy Seth could pick this rock up and put it in the youth room while I talked with the kids. And we went over and tried to pick this thing up, and we didn't even lift it an inch off the ground. Now, had we done that, we would have said, man, I'm jacked. But we didn't even get it an inch off the ground because this thing was so big and so strong. And now... I want you to think about the idea that God wants you to imagine him as this rock, this immovable, powerful force in our lives that can be our foundation. Guys, the Lord is greater than your fear of instability. Jack Wellam says this, He, God, will never be moved, and neither shall all who stand on Everybody say with me, the Lord is my rock. Go ahead. The Lord is my rock. Remember that this week. As you're feeling afraid, as you're feeling like you have no stability, as you're feeling like the ground is crumbling beneath you, the Lord is your rock. And you know the deal, right? If, if we were gathered together as the church, you know under every one of your seats today there would have been a rock, right? And here's what I want you to do. This is your homework. I want you to walk outside a little bit later, grab a rock, drop it in your pocket this week, and remind yourself the Lord is my rock. In the midst of my fear. He goes on in verse 2. He says, my fortress. What do you think about when you think about a fortress? I think about two things. When I was nine years old, my buddy Jeremy and I, my neighbor, we built a fort in our backyard. And we kind of had this huge shared backyard. There was no fence between our backyards. And so we built this fort. We raided our parents' garages. We got all the wood we could get. We got nails and hammers. We put this fort together. We got four walls up, a door, and a window. And we were in there one day, and the window fell off onto my friend Jeremy's foot. Uh, another time, the door kind of half broke off, and eventually the fort just crumbled and fell. That's not the fort we're supposed to be thinking about here. I more think of the Lord of the Rings castle-looking thing, that fort that's impenetrable, that no one can break through. And here David is saying, Lord, you are my fortress. And you and I say, God, I feel like I have no protection. The Lord is your fortress. Everybody say that with me. The Lord is my fortress. And sometimes this means that God will protect us from things that we otherwise would have walked through. But sometimes this means we will still walk through it, but we are secure in his presence. Have you ever felt that? That the Lord is greater than your fear that you have no protection? I know for me, there are times when I'm going through difficult stuff and I just walk into the fortress that is God. I spend some time in the presence of God. And though my circumstance might be exactly the same, I feel his presence and it makes all the difference because he is my fortress. He goes on. And my deliverer. Now, the Hebrew word for this when used as a verb means to escape. To escape. Remember we said before some of us feel like we have no escape right now? Guys, I want to encourage you. The Lord is your escape. I want you to say with me. The Lord is my escape. Go ahead. The Lord is my escape. 
What are you looking to to escape? Netflix? Hey, man, watch a little bit. But please don't think that's your escape in all this. Yeah, looking forward to when you can return, you know, just kind of maybe letting your things slide in your life right now. And when things are normal again, you'll kind of get a little bit disciplined again. No, no, make sure you're not looking to false escapes during this time. The Lord is still your escape. And sometimes he helps us escape trials and sickness and, and those different things. But, but let's not forget the ultimate escape. Remember we said a few weeks ago that our greatest need is spiritual. The greatest way God helps you and I escape is escaping our sin, escaping our death, escaping the, the true things that we deserve because of our sin. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But I want to tell you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, man, you need that escape more than you need freedom from this virus and the certain circumstances we're in right now. David goes on. He says, my God is my rock. There it is again, right? That's number two of the four times in this psalm. My God is my rock. And he says, in whom I take refuge. And if you're reading this and you're understanding kind of the Hebrew context, it's the idea of shadow like from a tree. Uh, this past summer, I was doing a lot of renovations in our house, and our house didn't have AC at the time. So it was crazy hot in there. I'm, you know, beating walls down, putting up sheetrock, and I was a gross mess. Like, you know it's bad when your wife comes home and you want to go check in, and you lean in to give her a kiss, and she goes, yeah, take a shower first. You know, like one of those gross messes, okay? And later that same week, I had a friend come over who had a bobcat, and he was going to kind of help tear apart some of the backyard that needed to be dealt with. And I was just gross and nasty from being there all week. And I walked into the backyard, and the sun was beating down on me. And what did I do? I just went and found a tree. I sat under the tree, and I found great rest. Guys, for you who might be thinking, I have no rest in the midst of this. I have no refreshment in the midst of this. It just feels like the sun is beating down on my skin. I want to encourage you that the Lord is your rest. Would you say this with me? The Lord is my rest. That's the truth for you and me in the midst of it. I love it that he wants to be our strength and our rock and our escape, but he wants to be our refuge and our shade. Because the Lord is greater than your fear that you have no rest. He's looking for you and I. In fact, I was reading in Jeremiah this week, just like in my own personal Bible study, and it's so cool because several times the Lord talks about being their rest. I want to be their rest. They've been through so much. He's saying, I want to come through and fight for their rest. And I was talking with our staff this week about how, man, it just feels like, what day is it? You know, like, what's going on? I have no idea what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm staying up too late. I'm getting up too early. Like, I'm just not resting like I should be. I feel like even when I am just sitting on the couch, I'm not truly refreshed. It doesn't feel like I'm in the, the shade of a tree, you know. But I can get there in God, right? I can, I can say, Lord, I want you to be my rest, and I can find that rest in him. I need to sit in the shade that God provides. Let him restore me. Then he goes on, my shield, my shield. David was a warrior. He knew that if he were to walk out onto a battlefield without a shield, he would be dead within minutes. And so again, this speaks to our need for protection. And we find ourselves in the middle of a battle right now, and I want to tell you, the Lord is your shield. I want you to say with me, the Lord is my shield. Go ahead. The Lord is my shield, guys. He is that to you and to me. And the Lord is greater than your fear that you have no protection. Now the objection here is, and I actually saw a friend on Facebook yesterday write this, basically, where is God? Like basically kind of let God have it in a Facebook post, which I don't know how wise that is. But he kind of just went off on God. God missed this one. God was late to the game. Where is he in the midst of this? And some of us are kind of bitter going, God, where are you? Why aren't you my shield? Can I tell you something? I just want to speak truth, right? I don't have a strategy today. My strategy is spotlight who God is. And here's what I have to tell you about God. He has shielded you in ways you have no clue about. 
Don't be bitter about what's happening right now. He has shielded you in such unbelievable ways. I really believe this. Now, there's no scriptural proof for this, so don't hold me to this. But I believe there's going to be a conversation in heaven where God sits us down and shows us all the ways that he shielded us that we had no clue of, right? I think he's going to pull out a big document. It's going to be one of those deals where he, like, opens it and unravels down onto the floor, right? And it's like, oh yeah, man, when you choked in the third grade, I shielded you. I protected you. There was a car accident in the fifth grade. And, and when you were in, in high school and you were walking through the city with your friends, you had no business being there and you got mugged. Yeah, I, I protected you. That should have been a lot worse. And oh man, that time by the alligator pit. And you're like, Lord, I was never by an alligator pit. You were. I protected you, right? Like I had no clue what God was doing and the way that he was shielding me. The Lord is your shield. Sometimes we just don't see it. I have two teens and a preteen. And so there's constantly things flying around my house, basketballs, baseballs, machetes, all kinds of stuff flying around my house. And one day, the three kids are outside, and they're playing basketball, and Landon threw a ball to Bryn. He claims it was a pass, but it was kind of at her head. And so he throws this pass to Bryn. Bryn's head was down, but Cade Spidey sensed it and just grabbed it. Bryn had no clue. And Kate just turned around and said, I just saved your life. And guys, we have no clue how many times God has been our shield like that, and he has saved our life. The Lord is your shield. You are not defenseless. You are not unprotected. He is your shield. He goes on, and the horn of my salvation. Now, we don't talk like that, you know. Like you've never once said like, oh, I just want to tell you how much of a horn of my salvation the Lord is today. You know, like that's not how we talk. So what does this mean? Well, it means this image of a horned animal that can push away its opponent, right? It's this idea, like you would think, again, let's go Lord of the Rings again, like this horned beast that can just get in there and destroy its enemy. And David is saying, Lord, you are like that to me. You are my defender. You push away my enemies. You are the one fighting for me. I want to tell you today that the Lord is your defender. The Lord is greater than your fear. You have no defense in the midst of all this. And I want to remind you, though this is true, a lot of the time on a physical front, we can't remember our greatest need is spiritual. That's why David doesn't just say, Lord, you are my horn. No, he says, you are the horn of my what? My salvation. Because this is spiritual, right? The Lord is saving me, yes, from a ton of physical things in the alligator pits, but he's also saving me from the greater and the greatest thing, which is my sin and my shame and my own penalty, which I should be enduring, which is eternity separated from him. But instead, Jesus got on the cross. And we all know what today is, right? Today's Palm Sunday. It's the day when Jesus entered in to praise and triumphant, right? And he was uh, basically worshipped as he walked, uh, rode this donkey through the crowd, right? But you know, just a few short days from now, they'll start saying, crucify him. They'll start saying, put him up on the cross. They'll say, give us Barabbas and put Jesus on the cross, right? And Jesus is brutally murdered for you and for me. But then next Sunday, right, we're going to celebrate together that he rose back from the dead, and he is alive, the horn of our salvation, not the one who just was like this beast that pushed our physical opponents away, but no, man, this beast got in there and fought the beast of death and hell and Satan himself and conquered and rose again, and he is the horn of our salvation. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you need this salvation. If you are a follower of Jesus, please stare this salvation in the face right now. 
When you're going, God, where are you? We have to keep looking back to the event of Jesus on a cross in our place that we do not deserve. You might be saying, I don't deserve this coronavirus destroying my world right now. I don't deserve for, for my, you know, my job to have been taken from me. I don't deserve for my loved one to be in the hospital. I don't deserve this right now. Can I remind you, you and I don't deserve Jesus hanging on a cross in our place. We don't deserve a conquering Savior raising back from the dead and making all things new for us. we got to keep our eyes on that. Please cling to your salvation during this time. And then just one more. He says, my stronghold, my stronghold. And the word tower is probably what we need to have in our mind here. That God is like this tower or this lofty or inaccessible place that we can run into, that no one else can access, that nothing else can access. I'm telling you, when you and I are with God, it's like nothing else can interrupt what's going on. We become really, truly surrounded by his presence, this lofty and accessible place. A few weeks ago, I was on a prayer walk through my neighborhood late at night, and I'm the only dude out there, and it's just dark, and it's lonely, and it's cold, and I got, you know, my hoodie up, and then I got my winter coat over that. It was freezing out, and I'm walking through, and I'm, you know, just praying for you guys. I'm praying for our team. I'm praying, and, and as I'm walking, all of a sudden, I heard this really loud noise. It was an animal noise, and I knew it was not like a raccoon or a squirrel or even a dog. And I look, and 10 feet from me is a huge deer staring right at me, big old antlers looking right at me. And I've got no way of defending myself. I'm just looking at this thing like, okay, what do I do? And so he's looking at me. He's kind of grunting. I didn't even know what sound a deer makes. I can't imitate it, but I was scared to death. And so as I'm looking this thing down, I just start to slowly walk away but you know I had a hard time praying the rest of the time because all I was imagining was this thing running chasing me down the street with his antlers and what did I keep doing and my son Landon thought this was hysterical that I took this this far but every time I got about 10 feet I was looking for a new tree to climb to be able to get up to a high lofty inaccessible place where I'd be safe and you and I are looking for that right now aren't we that place we could be safe I'm telling you right now the Lord is your stronghold he is the place that you can go to. And you know what? There's all kinds of scary physical stuff. There's a lot of real stuff going on in our world right now. It's a lot easier to preach a message on fear when this isn't all happening. But this is happening right now. And you know, whether it's the 95 or the 5, you and I can bring it to God. Whether it's the imagined or the real, we can bring it to God. And we can say, God, be my stronghold right now. I am scared to death. Guys, today... Are you seeing who God is? Are you seeing who he is? Is he speaking for himself to you today? Some of you guys are watching this through the lens of having lost your job this week. Some of you are watching this through the lens of a loved one in the ICU like I am. Some of you guys are watching this through the lens of I just want to feel something normal again. I want the ground to feel solid under my feet again. I want to not be afraid anymore. I want to stop waking up feeling like I don't know what day it is. I want the routine. I want to see my friends. I want to hang out with my girlfriend, my boyfriend. I want to be able to go out. I want to go on vacation. Man, I just want something different than what today is and what the next several weeks are going to look like. I just want to remind you today who God is. And can I tell you a little secret? As I began to write this message, I copied and pasted all 50 verses of Psalm 18 into my document. Does anybody know how far we got? We got to verse 2. We got to verse 2. That's how packed these just two first verses were with the goodness, the bigness, the faithfulness, the power of God. We didn't even get to the other 48. That's how good 
God is, then that's the God David celebrated here to highlight for you and I how great God is. I hope today you're not thinking, man, Joshua and Caleb from last week, man, they were convinced that, you know, God was greater than all their fear. They were convinced, oh, I lost my little greater than sign. Wow, there it is. They were convinced that God was greater than their fear. But I'll tell you what, I hope today, I hope today that my job kind of was done here. I hope today that I kind of got myself out of the way and I just showed you the word of God. I showed you Psalm 18, that you and I realized something today, that God really is greater than all that you fear, like all of it. He really is greater. It's not just what Joshua and Caleb believe. It's not just what I believe. It's what the, the truth of God's word and our experience is as we walk in this for a while, right? That God really is greater than all that you fear. And so don't take Joshua and Caleb's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. You can walk in this. You can experience this. And here's what I want you to see today as we just put that graphic up on the screen. I want you to see what you have. God is your, the Lord is your strength, rock, fortress, deliverer, rest, shield, defender, salvation, stronghold. Wow. That's who God is. That's who God is. And you might look and say, yeah, but Doug, here's the deal. I would normally believe that. If you preached this message a month and a half ago, I am amening you. I am sharing this. I am clinging to this. But this is a really unique situation, wouldn't you say, Doug? Like, isn't this kind of rare? It just feels like this is kind of bigger than anything else we've ever been through. And the circumstances have changed. But guys, God hasn't changed. God has not changed. The promises you would have believed a month and a half ago are still true today. The God you leaned on a month and a half ago is still the God you and I lean on today. God really is greater than all that you fear. So here's what I want you to do this week. When fear hits, I want you to replace it with the truth. When the 95 or the 5 show up, I want you to replace them with the truth. I want you, as you think, maybe I don't have the strength, say, no, wait a minute, the, the Lord is my strength. As you say, I have no escape, I want you to say, wait, the Lord is my escape. I, I have no salvation in this. No, the Lord is my salvation. I have no protection in this. No, the Lord is my protection, my shield, my defender, my horn. Wow, this is the God that I serve. And it's powerful when you replace the fear with the truth. We had a really emotional call this week. My family, Kelly's family, we all gathered on the phone and we just gathered as a family to talk and pray and pray for Kathy that healing would come to her. And as we were about to pray, my father-in-law, through tears, said, I can say like David, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. What was he doing? He was replacing the fear with the truth. He was looking at his fears of where his wife was and what was going on with her. And I think the hardest thing for all of us in this is, has been that we can't be there. We can't even be in the room. We can't touch her. We can't hold her. We can't pray over her. We can't even be in the hospital right now. And so we circle that thing all the time, praying. But it's really hard. And I love that in the midst of that, pastor's faith said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know who this God is. I know the shield this God is. I know the rock this God is. I trust this God. And like David said, I'm going to replace the fear with the truth. Like David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And as we said last week, no matter what happens to any one of us, God wins. If we stay and God heals, what a win. If God takes and we go to heaven, what a win. Because the righteous are never forsaken no matter how you look at it. 
Guys, next week, this feels crazy to me, but next week we're going to celebrate Easter. We're going to celebrate at four different service times. We're going to stream our services at 8.30 and 9.45 and 11 and 12.15. And, man, we hope you tune in. We are going to have a big old celebration about what Jesus has done for us. And I hope you will be there, and I hope you will encourage many, many people. Our social media team is going to have all kinds of stuff all over social media all week to, to help invite and get people to tune in and be a part of this. But we want to celebrate what Jesus has done, and nothing can stop us from doing that. We are still the church, right? But this week, can we just wage war on fear? Can we revere something greater than our fear? Can we revere something greater than all that we fear? Can we remember that God really is greater than all that we fear? This isn't just what Joshua and Caleb believed. This isn't just what you believed a month and a half ago. No, this is still true. God is still on the throne. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you hear me talk about Jesus coming and dying. You you hear me talk about what we're going to celebrate on Friday, which is called Good Friday, which is him being placed on the cross in our place and being crucified and then being placed into the ground, but then Sunday, when we're going to celebrate this event, this actual event that took place in human history where Jesus rose back from the dead. And today I want you to consider putting your trust in him and saying, Jesus, be my personal Savior. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you for what you've done. And then God, become my shield and my strength and my rock and my salvation and my defender and all these things we've talked about today, God. Help me get that greater than sign turned around back in the right direction. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that if you're not a follower of Jesus. But if you are, man, this week, can we just live this? Can we celebrate this? Can we grab a hold of all the lies and all the fears, the 95 and the 5, and replace it with the truth, the truth that God really is greater than all that you fear? Let's pray together. God, we love you. God, we need you. God, we're desperate for you. God, this is a scary time, but you're bigger. You're greater than. We thank you for that. And God, we need you so much. And we thank you that you are all these things to us, God. That we didn't have to come up with a scheme today to try to trick people into believing you're this great. No, you are this great. This is who you are. Thank you that you are all these things to us, God. Thank you that you're those things to us physically, but God, even more so that you are those things to us spiritually. That God, our greatest need is spiritual. And that even if we lost everything here and now, our life, in, our, our life included, God, you have still won. Because you're the horn of our salvation, God. And you have not just pushed back a physical enemy, you have pushed back the spiritual enemy and even death itself to make us your own. God, help us keep our eyes on the cross this week. Help us keep our eyes on the resurrection this week and help us to celebrate together next Sunday like we've never celebrated before, the resurrection of our Savior. God, I want to pray for everybody that's afraid today. I know we got a lot of 5% going on. We got a lot of real fear based on real events, but I thank you that you're greater than all that we fear. And I pray for people that have lost their jobs. God, I believe you're gonna do something greater. You're bigger than it. You're gonna provide. I pray for all those that have loved ones that are sick. God, you're a healer. And you carry us through. And and God, whether healing is here and now or healing is an upgrade to heaven, God, you win. And God, I thank you so much that if we're just lonely right now or we're fearful or we just are tired of this, We're afraid of another week at home. We're afraid of failing out of school because we're doing it from home. We're afraid of our kids failing out. We're afraid of our our elderly parents or grandparents maybe walking through this sickness. God, there's just so much happening, but we thank you. You are greater than anything I could list right now. Thank you for that. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you even right now begin to replace the fear with the truth? Name it. 
God, I've been afraid I wasn't going to get through this. I wouldn't have the strength, but you're my strength. God, I was afraid that I'm alone in this and I have no defender, but God, you're my defender. God, I'm afraid that I was going to fall because the ground was going to break beneath me, but God, you're my rock. Just name it. Exchange the lie for the truth. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, would you pray with me now something like this? Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising back from the dead. Thank you that you love me. And thank you, God, that you want to be all these things to me. Jesus, show me what it is to follow you. Thank you for this gift of salvation. And thank you that you are greater than all that I fear. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. We're here for you. Please reach out if you need anything. And if you put your trust in Jesus for the first time today, I'd love for you to just message us and let us know. We love you guys. Praying for you. We're going to sing two worship songs now to close our time out together. And we are going to celebrate who God is. We're going to celebrate the salvation he has won for us and the shepherd that he is to you and me.